Elaine, you don't like the movie? I hate it! I'm gonna everybody, welcome back to a brand new episode of Not A Bomb Podcast. This is the podcast where we go back and revisit the movies that bomb theatrically or the critics just tore apart and see if they deserve a second chance. Brad, this is the final movie of February where we kind of gave control to the wives and let them program uh, the entire month. I, I don't know about you, but man, it's a rough month. I don't know if next year we will repeat this theme. Um, It it was, (laughs) it was interesting um, to see what they picked and why. Um, And for this episode, why don't we listen to why Natalie chose my boss's daughter? Hi, Natalie. Welcome back. Hello. So you get to pick our last film for February for spousal picks. And you have to tell me, what did you pick this week? I picked the romantic comedy, My Boss's Daughter. Okay. I have to know, why did you pick this movie? Mostly because I knew you guys would dislike it. Um, But I also think it came out in a very weird time. It came out in 2003 when all those... American Pie movies and those type of movies were out. Yeah. And have you seen this movie before? The edited version. <laughs> so like on TV? Yes. <laughs> okay. So you've never seen it like actual on DVD or anything like that? I don't think so. <laughs> okay. Well, we appreciate your pick. I know Troy's going to absolutely hate it, but uh, thank you for picking our movie and I love you. No, I love you too. Thank you. Bye. Bye. Okay. Does, does Natalie just not like us? Is, was that the issue? I don't know, man. Like, my wife and I have a very strong marriage. We get along swimmingly. But boy, when it comes to giving her chances to kind of twist the knife just a little bit, she'll jump on it, man. She's like, she's like that. She's ruthless. Yeah, she's like solid steak. She's hiding behind those boxes. <laughs> and when you walk around, she's choking you out, man. Uh, boy, whew. It, this Ooh, has been, it, it, I, I gotta be honest with you, this has been a crazy month. I think, I think both uh, you and I have exchanged some form of communication that within that communication, we said, I quit. I mean, I at least yep. told you three or four times this month, I quit. I think you've told me that three or four times. Th- this was a rough month. I, uh, I don't know. Um, mm, it hurt. It, it, it did. Um, and we will get into my boss's daughter, but boy. The early 2000s has aged like an old baseball glove that has been left out in the sun for way too long. It is, oh boy, the early 2000s is bad. Everything is bad. Everything that came from the early 2000s is bad. <laughs> I, I don't know, man. Um, comedy, I mean, we'll get into it when we talk the numbers. This this is going to be interesting. So my boss's daughter, uh, when, when we talk about the people behind the scenes, I actually 
had a little bit of hope for this one, especially when we talk about some of the movies that they've done in the past. But this falls into that category of comedy that really pushes the limits of taste, of political correctness. And I don't know about you, I like those comedies when they're done right. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Like, I even stuff from, like, the early gross-out humor stuff of the early 2000s and then all the way back to, like, the 80s. You know, we've talked about how stuff just doesn't age great with the content. But I separate that stuff, right? Like, you can separate the art from some of the stuff they're saying. Watch a John Holmes movie. Uh, you'll catch a, a Gaysler there. John Hughes. Okay. I thought you, did you say John Holmes? Yeah. Did I say John Holmes? Did <laughs> I was I say, like, you're watching did I, say what? The wad? I, I think did you I said the, the other one, but yes, whoa, John Hughes. Well, All right. that too. That's yeah, pretty okay. offensive. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. All right. Uh, John, whoa. I think I might have said John. Anyway. I don't want to know what you were watching today on your day <laughs> off. Okay. So just continue. <laughs> uh, anyway. Uh, whoa. Was that a Freudian slip? Maybe. I, I don't know. Anyway. Um, <laughs> You know, you'll get a gay slur in there, whatever. Um, but the meanness, I think, is what really kind of separates these films from like those is like there is just this level of meanness in these that is impenetrable at some point in time. Um, I, I think, you know what? I've been trying to put my finger on it. So I don't know if you're a fan of It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia. Absolutely. I, I love that show. I think it's absolutely brilliant it's hilarious they will bring up topics and you will sit there and go i can't believe they said that uh or i I can't believe the situation that they're talking about however i think it lacks the meanness it's really smart writing and even performances because as the stuff that's coming these are characters that you go i really can't get behind because they're so deplorable yeah the, the gang gets addicted to crack or, yeah. you know, yes. But they're doing it from a, I think, a point of satire and and not meanness. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if that's if that's coming through because of the script or it's the performances. But I don't know. There, there is or the defi- writing. The, or the writing makes a big difference, too. It is. And, and there's something about a show like that or even um, is it the Farrelly brothers who did, you know, there's something about Mary stuck on you, stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, King me, Penn. myself and Irene. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. They, they can kind of go out into gross out humor. Uh, and, and there will be some just outrageous scenarios, but it's, I don't know. There, there's a heightened sense of implausibility to it that it's constantly winking at you. Like we're saying this because if you take a step back, this is so ridiculous when it comes out of this purse, but they, they don't mean it. It's, it's almost, bringing up the situation to put in front of you and go, do you see how ridiculous this is? This is absolutely stupid to think this way. Yeah. You never want a director or a film to be created. And you think, I think this is just this way for this director to say a bunch of slurs, right? Like you should, that should never be your way of, of like, that's their excuse. Like, Oh, I'm just saying it because it's in a movie, but no, I just really want to say it in real life, but I can't. So here's my art piece that allows me to do it. You should never feel that way. Okay. Well, thank you. I had that help. It's, it's been racking my brain, like why some of this content hits. Other times, I cringe. I mean, the '80s. I, I think um, even the '90s. You can look at some of the comedies that come out of there and go, "Ooh, that that doesn't play well today." 
but I don't think even in today's standards, you watch that and go, I, th- I think that's coming from just a, a mean place. I mean, it, it's, yeah. a, it's a comedy of the times. Say what you will about bla- Blazing Saddles. It does not come from a place of meanness. Yeah, no, I agree. And, and that whole thing of you can't make Blazing Saddles today uh, challenge, sir. They're doing that on It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia yeah. <laughs> every season. I, I saw I saw this time. I saw people were saying because, you know, the N word has been such a, a such a thing. So every time that comes up, I know Quentin's name is going to be in there at some point. I'm like, well, you can't make Pulp Fiction now. I'm like, you could. Uh, you could, I mean, Tropic Thunder. It, you, yeah, you, you can, can make, make any, it. <laughs> yeah, you can make whatever. I just don't know People if it's going to get distributed. To things, yeah, so, of course. Yeah. Um, uh, I'm. I really just want to get into this. 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 This is not going to be a deep commentary on a film. There is nothing to extrapolate from this uh, movie in terms of the meaning of life or anything. I, I think. Uh, I think we should just get into it. Yeah, I. I was wondering if it was, this is the meaning of ending my life, to be perfectly honest with you. <laughs> well, we, we've got to talk about a concept here of some of the movies we've run across and maybe developed some like movie jail and go, look, <laughs> when you're in movie jail, that's the list of films that if anybody's ever curious about, you know what, should I check this out? First of all, go look at our, our list of criminals in movie jail. And if they're in movie jail, don't don't ever touch that thing. Yes. <laughs> or movie prison. <laughs> movie prison. Okay. So you want to go through the box office and the critics? This this should be interesting. I'm actually yeah. amazed that this thing made over like five bucks. Um, so my boss my boss's daughter released August twenty second, two thousand three, with a reported budget of fourteen million dollars. Troy, where in the hell did they spend fourteen million dollars on this film? Uh, I want to know that first and foremost, the, where's an, 14 the animatronic owl. Mm. Maybe. Mm. I don't know. The animatronic I, mouses. There are a lot of animatronic animals in this film, which surprised me. I didn't stay around for the credits on this one, uh, but I did not see the little, you know, the thing where it says no animals were harmed during the film filming of this picture or whatever. I don't, I don't know if it could have actually gone to cocaine. I mean, there's a joke about them distributing cocaine, but maybe they actually bought cocaine for everybody on set, and that's where that budget went. Yeah, yeah, I, I would, I would believe it. Mm-hmm. Um, so the box office total for my boss's daughter uh, is eighteen million dollars, which surprised me. But of course, you got to, you got to remember that uh, when we say fourteen million dollars, that's only production. So this movie did lose money, um, and you know, the, the studios don't spend 14 to make four and then spend another probably 10 to 14 on, um, advertising. So this movie did not do great. Um, it made 15.5 domestically and 2.6, uh, internationally for again, $18 million worldwide. Why would we send uh, this in into I the know, world? I know, Other countries I know. have to be looking at us and going, are you freaking kidding me? Yep. Okay. Yep. Mm-hmm. Um, so opening weekend, it makes $4.85 million. That's good enough for 10th place. 10th. <laughs> 10th. Uh, and Troy, get your drink ready because we have a movie that you're going to know about. Okay. Um, it was beat by the likes of Freddy versus Jason, SWAT, 
open range freaky friday some movie called the medallion oh yes yeah little jack chan action okay all, there you go. all better films than this yes well, they would have to be yeah uh pirates of the caribbean the curse of the black pearl sea biscuit uptown girls an american wedding wow we can blame the american pie series for this film i believe um so hold on a second open season was in the top 10 an american wedding was in the top 10 open range oh open range okay yeah, that's the oh Walt that's Disney the movie open range okay yeah that okay yep. got, it, got it i get yep i get that one confused with open season all the time got it yep <laughs> completely different but completely hey completely different got it um okay here here we go you ready for this rotten tomatoes for my boss's daughter. Do you know what the score is? Man, if it's not a negative number, I'm going to be pissed. It's 8%. 8% on Rotten Tomatoes. It's still Tomatoes, too high. It's too high. Uh, with 74% uh, or 74 critical reviews and a 23% with the audience um, with over 50,000 reviews. One, Basically, one in four people think this movie is okay. <laughs> That's why we can't have nice things. Uh, and for clarification, when when this was released in theaters, it was PG thirteen. Yeah, I, I have a question it, it, for you. There, there's a R rated ninety minute version, so it's four minutes longer. Which one did you watch? I watched the ninety minute cut. Okay, all right. Because if I'm going to watch a movie and there's a choice to have a three D or a three D, uh, an R rated cut, I'm going to watch that just because. Um, whatever. Um, I feel like I could remember, have saved four minutes remember, of my life here if I watched the PG-13. Yeah, I know. <laughs> but remember, it was like, this cut is too unrated the for the version you theater. hadn't seen in theaters. Yeah. Okay. All right. They love that marketing mm-hmm. in, uh, with DVD sales. It was like, get the Anchorman cut you didn't see. Whatever. So, films that came out August of 2003 that were much better than My Boss's Daughter. We have the aforementioned My uh, American Wedding, mm-hmm. Geely which Troy will be in our future at some point in time. No, 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 yeah. no, nope. <laughs> freaky, freaky Friday. Uh, Ooh, SWAT. SWAT made over $200 million, by the way. Did, did you like SWAT? It was fine. Yeah. Yeah. That was okay. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Freddy versus Jason, which Jesus Christ, I followed the production of Freddy versus Jason on the internet for way too long. <laughs> And read so much fan fiction about here comes Leatherface and all that stuff. Anyway, yep. uh, open range, not open season. Uptown Girls, 13, uh, The Medallion. Jack like Chan. I said. Jackie Chan's Medallion. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Jackie Chan's The Medallion, I think is what it's called. Jeepers Creepers 2. And that's about it. But uh, all films better than My Boss's Daughter. So 2003 was interesting, I think, from a comedy perspective. I had gone back. Uh, do, do you know what the highest grossing domestic movie was for 2003? Uh, 2003 highest. Whoosh. It wasn't Shrek because that was what. Uh, so, so it's not technically a comedy, but it is funny. Pirate? No, pirate. It well, was pirates, pirates was number two. So this number one is also a Disney slash Pixar film. It was Finding Nemo. Finding Nemo. Okay. Yeah. Yep. Where was Lord of the Rings in there? Lord of the Rings: Return of the King was number four. 
So okay. that year it went Finding Nemo, Pirates Matrix of the Caribbean, Reloaded. Matrix Reloaded, Lord of the Rings. And then the number five was, I guess you would call the highest grossing comedy of the year. And it was Bruce Almighty. Ah, okay. Yeah. yeah. Big budget comedy. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I remember, wasn't Elf in there somewhere? Elf was Elf? number seven. Okay. Um, some other ones that would fall into that. Anger Management was another one. Uh, bringing down the house came in at 13 that year. Uh, wow. I, yeah. Freaky Friday, I guess uh, family mm-hmm. kind of comedy, family S- comedy. Yeah. Scary movie three was number 21. Now in, 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 in retrospect, this film, my boss's daughter came in at like 132 of the year. Right. So scary movie three ended up grossing domestically 109 million. So it, it landed the 21 spot. Uh, and, and other stuff like how to lose a guy in 10 days, American wedding, daddy daycare, uh, legally blonde Two, red, white, and blonde. Uh, it, I, I'm, I'm just going to say it, not, not an impressive year from a comedy perspective at all. Again, early two thousands comedies, not, uh, not holding up well. Oh, I agree. And, and I'll be the first to say when, when you announced this last week, I almost got a glimmer of hope. Two reasons. One, Natalie made us watch a film that I thought I would absolutely hate. It is a terrible film, but it was a fascinating, terrible film. So I'm like, well, if she picked Cats and I did enjoy that viewing experience, maybe the one time. Yes. Yes. Maybe I'll give her the benefit of the doubt on this one. And then I saw the director as David Zucker and I kind of got excited because David Zucker has made some classic films but then I remembered the movies that he's known for that are considered classic. He made with Jim Abrams and Jerry Zucker. So let's, let's the talk. Z- about- yeah. They were, they were the Zucker brothers, Zucker brothers. Right? Yeah. So yeah. let's talk about the people behind the scenes here. Let's start with David Zucker. So comes out of the gate. The first film that the trio directed was 1980s airplane. Amazing movie. Amazing film. Yes. Uh, another thing that kind of starts a film franchise, but it started as a TV series. They did police squad in 1982. And so that leads into what Troy? Well, before the movie series, we get 1984's top secret, which I think that's on our radar here in the near future. It's Val Kilmer's first film. They follow that up with ruthless people in 86, the Danny DeVito, judge Reinhold, Film. I have not seen Ruthless People. You to be need to see Ruthless People. Okay. Yes. It's right. absolutely fantastic. Doing my research, I was like, oh, uh, Ruthless People. I'm like, I have not seen that. And then I'm going to admit that on the show. Oh, my and God. And Troy's going to get mad at me. And then, of no. course, yep. I am mad at you. It's so good. You will love it. So just, just that, I mean, those films, Airplane, Top Secret, Ruthless People are fantastic, right? Mm-hmm. So then David Zucker is on his own at this point. Uh, we get... The Naked Gun from the Files of Police Squad. So they take the TV show, bring it to the big screen in 1988. He follows that one of up. the best. I think I think Naked Gun is one of the best comedies of all time. I, I agree, but he's pulling from source material that um, they all worked on previously. Okay, mm-hmm. then we get the Naked Gun Two and a Half, The Smell of Fear, 1991. It, it's it's not the classic that the original is, but it's still really good. Now we get into trouble. Okay. <laughs> we're, we're, in, we're in the latter part of the nineties. Uh, we get 1998's basketball where he teams up with the South park guys. Yep. 
Yep. With uh, Trade Match from South Park. Um, that movie I wanted to like, but boy, it is a stinker. It is. There, there are some funny parts to it, but holy cow, it's a little painful to get through. Do you know what that movie is famous for, Troy? What is that movie famous for, Brad? That movie is famous. And again, you're a little bit older than I, but there's a term on the internet called derp. derp. And that created derp. Ooh. So that's what basketball is known for. We you're learn welcome. something every day, Brad. <laughs> then we get boss's daughter in 2003. He also had another film that actually was a big box office hit. We just mentioned it. Scary movie three. So they, they bring him in and uh, scary movie three actually has some funny sequences to it, but I still think it's, it's bottom it's of the barrel. Yeah. It's, it's the one scary movie three is the last one where it's like, they're pretty respectable after that. I think it's atrocious after I think they're three. all atrocious except for three. Uh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Three's got moments, but even then three's not that great. Yeah. Three years later, scary movie four. This gets interesting in 2008. He releases a film now it goes by two titles an American Carol and big fat important movie. So this is his parody of Michael Moore films. Oh, okay. Yeah. And I've only seen the trailer and it looks terrible. Uh, and the last film he directed was scary movie five, 2013. I, I didn't know they were making five scary movies. That blows my mind. Actually screenplay, David Dorfman. Now we talked about one of his films in 2003, anger management. So it's super popular. Uh, David Dorfman wrote anger management in this one, boss's daughter. The only other thing he's really been known for is the TV series, anger management. And he was producer for Bucky Larson born to be a star, which I hear is terrible as well. (laughs) That movie boy. Yeah. I I mean, it, the screenplay is coming. I'm kind of seeing a trend here, Troy. Yeah. The screenplay is not coming from a good place. And then you have a director that let's be honest without Jim Abrams and Jerry Zucker, he's probably problematic at best. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, yes. One other person I want to talk about behind the scenes. Cause I mean, what do you, what do you say from a cinematography editor, anything else on this type of film? Really not much to talk about, but the owl trainer, Anna, uh, Anna click, Klitsch, Klitsch, Anna Klitsch. <laughs> what was okay. Anna Klitsch. Yeah. I'm not okay, pulling Klitsch. Klitsch. Okay. Okay. Uh, you will know her work from 2015's the witch. She was an assistant animal wrangler. So in, in 20 black Pete, was she the animal wrangler for black Pete? I believe so. Yeah. Yeah. Nice. Okay. And uh, 2015. So she, she started as an owl trainer, I guess in the boss's daughter moved up to assistant animal wrangler in the witch finally got to animal wrangler in 2015 for bark ranger. Now that's bark, not park bark ranger. Oh, I see what you did there. Is that, is that a movie? Yeah, Bark Ranger. Bark Bark Ranger. Have you not seen Bark Ranger from 2015? Not, I, I have not. No. Like seven years old, man. Where you been? Mm, sorry. All right. Yes, Bark Ranger. Uh, let's talk about the people. Okay, I'm going to guess that movie is about a dog who becomes Park Ranger. That's just my... squirrels. Actually, it's about squirrels. Believe it or not. Shut the fuck up. So- <laughs> I don't know. I just saw okay. Bark Ranger. I didn't go look at the trailers. I'm assuming okay. it's dogs as well. Yep. Um, let's talk about the people in front of the camera starting with Ashton Kutcher as Tom Stansfield. You big Ashton Kutcher fan? No, no hard stop. No. You, well, did you like that 70s show? No. 
Not not a fan. I didn't really watch it. I didn't really watch it. Okay. I don't know why it was on Fox, right? That was a Fox yeah. show from it was nineteen ninety eight to two thousand six. So <sighs> yeah. Yeah, I wasn't yeah. Okay. Yeah, I was in high school and then in college at that time. So it, it, it was okay. Things. It was, it was fun entertainment. Yeah. Uh, now he was the stoner guy, right? Well, I mean, I guess they were all stoners. Of, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Now I think, um, in terms of a major acting role, cause he'd been in films before. Right. But in terms of, Hey, Ashton Kutcher is putting a movie out because he's gotten some popularity on this TV show. He does two thousands dude. Where's my car? You ever, you ever seen that? I, I saw that movie. Yes. Yeah. I, I can I saw honestly the movie say in the theater. I have stayed away from that one. I have no interest in it. Is it as it's terrible kind of as stoner, it looks? It's kind of a stoner comedy. Uh, it's pretty bad. Uh, guess what? Two guys get, I think they get, it's, I forget if it's super high or super drunk, but they can't find his car. Hmm. Cool. Sounds awesome. Yep. <laughs> uh, Texas Rangers in 2001, which I have seen that. It's not bad. I don't remember him in there. This is interesting. So the year my boss's daughter came out, he had another romantic comedy, Just Married, in 2003. I think that one was with uh, Brittany Murphy. Oh, yeah. Yeah. R.I.P. Brittany Murphy. Or, yeah, w- I, wait, was that was Just Married Brittany? He, he had two films. Always get confused. There was one with Cameron Diaz and one with Brittany Murphy. So... I can't remember who's in which. What one. happens in Vegas is with uh, Cameron, Cameron Diaz. Diaz. Okay, yeah. yes, so that's the Brittany Murphy one. Okay, good. Uh, Butterfly Effect in two thousand four. Guess who in two thousand five, which is sort of a reimagining of Guess Who's Coming. Guess Who's to Coming dinner. for Dinner. Yeah, I, I will say Open Season two thousand six. That's why I get confused. Of the Ashton Kutcher films, I really like Open Season. I think that's a good film, the animated film. Ah, him and okay. Martin Lawrence. Yeah. Yes. Which animal does he play? I think he plays the uh, moose or isn't it a moose and a bear. That's one of those films that the kids growing up, they watch that one pretty. Oh, okay. You know, religiously. There's a few films that I've seen so many times that they're just background noise. And I couldn't even tell you what they are anymore because I've seen them so many times. This one's super interesting. Uh, Tara Reed as Lisa Taylor. Well, you have to. So, so now it's very interesting because like in the business world, Ashley Kutcher is a very kind of prolific venture capitalist um, and has invested in a lot of things that have become huge. Mm-hmm. Uh, Skype, he was an early uh, investor on, I know, uh, Foursquare. I'm on the Tara Reed, and you're you're still talking about Ashton Kutcher. Well, I'm just saying, like he okay. actually has like a very surprisingly knows for business. It's it's actually kind of fascinating. So well, when we start that business podcast, we will review his career. Right now, okay. we're talking about his acting, Brad. Well, yeah, well, I wanted to say something nice about it because he <laughs> no. sucks as an actor. No, okay. we're not. Speaking of sucks as an actor, let's go on to Tara Reed. Tara Reed. Is it Tara or Tara? It's Tara. Tara Reed. I believe. Okay. Yep. As Lisa Taylor. What is amazing? I don't I don't know about your uh, news feeds and stuff. I <laughs> no one has ever said the name Tara Reed and amazing in the same sentence. Yeah, yeah no, period. this is amazing. Because you always get these uh, news articles that are like, what happened to Tara Reed? Uh, where is she now? All this other stuff. Dude, she has 96 acting credits and 26 upcoming projects that haven't been released yet that she's working on. She's a direct-to-video queen. 
Oh, I, she's acting the hell out of, I mean, whatever you want to say about her, she has a, uh, marketable thing for a certain group. And she is putting that sucker to work. Just say it. She has a, she's a Sharknado. She's that's what she is. I like she, Sharknado. I, I like her the, in Sharknado. Yes. The first one is fine. The rest of them you can keep. Yeah. Well, if you're, if you're looking at what she was doing leading up to this, the year before she was in Van Wilder playing pretty much the same character, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, was in a film called devil's pond, much better Van Wilder, much better than this film, much better. Yes, but she's, you, I mean, let's be honest. Most of these comedies, she's, a she's one playing, trick pony the, is what you're, she's playing yep. the same character. Okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, even in 2005's Alone in the Dark w- by Uwe Boll, which is probably one of the worst movies ever made, she's in it, and she plays a professor or scientist, and she's still playing the same character <laughs> as Van Wilder and my boss's daughter. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, any business uh, details or trivia about? I, I, I don't know about her uh, business. Because I don't want to uh, move on unless you have. Are you good? I'm good. I'm good. Okay. Wait. What? She was uh, in over 100 commercials for corporations, including oh, Jello, McDonald's, Corolla, and Milton Bradley. <laughs> Boom. There you go. There you go. Uh, let's, let's talk about some of the other people in this film, which surprised the crap out of me. We've got Andy Richter as red Taylor, the brother, right? Molly Shannon shows up as the, as the secretary, Audrey Bennett, this one, debasing herself, just debasing herself. Oh my God. This one just boggles my Terrence stamp as Jack Taylor, the boss from the title of the film, my boss's daughter, right? This one shocked me because it took me a minute to recognize him. Tyler Levine as Spike. You you know what movie Tyler's from, right? Tucker and Dale versus oh, Evil. Oh, yes. Yes, you're He's right. Dale. Yep. Yep. Then you're like, well, this is crazy. Who else is in this film? Michael Madsen as TJ. Comes out of nowhere. Uh, David, is it Keckner? Well, can we not say Michael Madsen? Can we not say a film that he was in? Uh, he was in a, um, probably a commercial for Milton Bradley and <laughs> <laughs> well, a couple of Quentin Tarantino films, right? Yes. Yes. Actually one that I just rewatched the other day, uh, kill bill, but yes, he's probably best known for reservoir dogs. Okay. Yep. Uh, David Keckner's speed, Carmen Electra. I forgot Carmen Electra was a thing back in the early 2000s. Yeah, she, you forgot that she existed. Yes. Yep, she existed for a long time. Yep. Dave Foley from kids in the hall as Henderson, Jeffrey Tambor shows up for like a brief cameo as a father mm-hmm. of a girl with head trauma, I think. Mm, yep. And this one shocked me because he looked 12, uh, Keenan Thompson as hands. Hans, Hans, yep, Hans yep. hands. Yeah. I don't know. We're 89 episodes in. I, I think I'm going to continue with this mispronunciation of names. <laughs> I like it. It fits. <laughs> okay, good. Uh, did you know that this film was nominated for a few awards, Brad? I'm going to guess those were for the Razzies. Yes. Go ahead and tell me which ones they were. All right. The film received three nominations at the 24th Golden Raspberry Awards. Not enough. Including <laughs> Worst Actor for Ashton Kutcher. Mm-hmm. He was also nominated that same year for Cheaper by the Dozen and Just Married. Okay. <laughs> three nominations. Awesome. Three, okay. Yeah. 
worst supporting actress for Tara Reed mm-hmm. and worst screen couple for both Kutcher and Reed. But Kutcher was also nominated for worst screen couple in just married with Brittany Murphy. Yeah. Yeah. So the common denominator for those is Ashton Kutcher. Now he lost. Here's who he lost to. Uh, he lost to Ben Affleck because Ben Affleck. Geely, right? <laughs> Geely, Daredevil, and Paycheck. <laughs> oh, All three man. that year. Yes. Uh, ben Affleck, man. Reed lost to Demi Moore for Charlie's Angels Full Throttle. And they lost worst couple to Ben Affleck and Jennifer, and Jennifer Lopez, Lopez. Yeah, okay. for Geely. Crazy. Man, 2003 was a bad year for film. Holy. Can you imagine if you actually had like this Golden Raspberry Awards and the cast and the stars showed up for that the way they did the Academy Awards this year? I would have like given an entire annual salary just to be a fly on the wall to watch all of them in the same room fighting for these awards. That would have been amazing. Yeah. Didn't Halle Berry accept her award one year and give a speech and all that? Yeah. The Catwoman. Catwoman. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, hey, uh, I would, not everything works. Not everything works. I know, but I I would actually say in in today's world, the Golden Raspberry, they're still going. Um, the Golden Raspberry Award actually holds more weight and integrity than the Academy Awards. Yeah, because it's not a bunch of old crusty white men picking things. So yes. Yeah, mean, and yeah. and it's more fun. I would say yeah. if there was a TV show for the Golden Raspberry Awards, it would get better ratings. In the Academy Awards. My prediction this year for the Academy Awards is it's going to be at an all-time low. I mean, they're trying to get people to vote now and hoping that Spider-Man's going to get it, but apparently some Cinderella movie from Amazon's like taking it away. Uh, but it's, man, what a train wreck. Whew. I don't got anything else. Uh, I don't got anything else. Listen, I don't know, I, This movie has made me dumber. Wasn't your degree in English? Mm, yes. But you're making your wife's making me watch this crap and my brain's just dribbling out of my ear. So, hey, guess what? When we share thoughts on the film, I, I, I think we're just going to do what all the critics did when it came out and just, uh, I don't know, make fun of this thing. Ignore it. (laughs) Ignore it. Okay. Sadly, Uh, we can't, we can't ignore it. We have to, we have to talk about it, but this is going to be a short podcast because it's like what, but you know what? Go ahead. Kick it off. What are your thoughts on this film? So again, we're devoting hours of our week to the pick uh, that we do for the episode. And so I always, always go in with the highest of hopes that something is going no, to be. you it. don't. I do too. The minute, I'm gonna, the minute you know, it's like, oh, it's a musical. No, I hate it. Yeah. I, I actually got some enjoyment out of cats, dick. So there you go. <laughs> okay. <laughs> um, but so, so leveling that I'm just like, Hey, Yes. I am not the biggest romantic comedy fan. I hate Ashton Kutcher. I hate uh, Tara Reid. But, you know, Terrence Stamp is on the box and all that. And I'm like, okay, maybe maybe there's something in here to uh, m- make this movie at least watchable. It's got a Zucker behind the Yeah, camera. yeah. The guy yeah, who sure. did, you know, one of the guys who did Airplane, Naked Gun, all this stuff. It's like, okay, yeah, sure. It's not the Zucker Brothers. Yeah, he could have had, like, could have been like Scary Movie 3. 25% of the jokes could hit, right? Yeah, yeah. Uh, that optimism lasted, brr, 
maybe four minutes. Um, <laughs> something quickly turns into a gay joke, and I'm like, okay, yes, we're in 2003. Here we go. Gay panic. Here we go. Uh, and then soon after, there's talking about midgets. Um, and there are jokes about, and this is me quoting the film, so I will not um, ever really say these, but there's jokes about cripples, and they say cripples. Um, there's a black man in this uh, one. Oh, actually, I'm sorry, there's two. Um, but guess what? You know, their only characteristics is hey, they're black. One of them states he doesn't have a job and eats dirt. I, I, I don't know. Um, there is a, uh, there's just so much about this movie that is just reprehensible. Um, and the vacuum that it is creates that is such a, of unfunny things that happened in this movie is unbearable. I thought, Hey, at least maybe I'll have a laugh. Maybe I'll have a laugh, right? 90 minutes. Chances are I'll have a laugh. I think maybe there's a, a scene in Schindler's Lift where I probably laughed at some point in time. There might have been something. Schindler's List? You laughed at Schindler's List? I don't know. I don't Are know. you like I'm Jerry Seinfeld and you were making out at Schindler's out. List? No. Yeah. Okay. I'm sure there might have been something in, in something. What I, I is what could possibly be funny about Schindler's List? I don't know. I'm just trying to think of the most unfunny thing, and it's probably funnier than my boss's daughter. Schindler's list is probably funnier than my boss's daughter <laughs> and less offensive. Okay. Um, <laughs> I, I will agree with that latter part. Yes. <laughs> um, Cause you know, but Hey, Hey, someone comments that Ashton Kutcher looks like a Jewy, not a, he calls him Jewy. Like I I'm like, what are we doing? 2003? What are we doing? And it's not, it's, it's 2000. Maybe it's just me. I feel like 2003 isn't that long ago, but I'm like, is, is 19, 19 years, is 19 yes. years long ago? Yes. I mean, come on. Nine, what, two, what was going on in 2003? It, it, I, I don't know. I, it was right. just me. It was a mean time. Like it was just, I guess. Mean. Yeah. And, and all, all of that is a, you know, bad, but the lack of chemistry between Ashton Kutcher and Tara Reed oh my God. is, amazing their meet cute is one of the most awkward things i've ever seen in my entire life and i know he's supposed to be this pushover and he's supposed to you know be a super nice guy that'll do anything for anybody and she takes advantage of him and that meet cute is supposed to be a little like awkward but you can tell when they're standing in that office together you're like these two people have zero chemistry um and it doesn't get any better uh, and then you just see character actor after character actor come into this movie and totally debase themselves. Um, Terrence Stamp, I don't know what he's doing in this movie, but this is the most toxic um, office uh, culture I've ever seen in my entire life. And that's another thing. It's like you look back now, you're like, boy, I wouldn't put up with that at all. Well, like, I'm calling HR. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but I mean, I worked in the office in 2003. I don't, I don't remember it being like that but no no we were just calling girls toots and all this no I'm just oh my um, God. <laughs> uh, but yeah man there is nothing about this movie that is redeemable not a one thing Carmen Electra is in it and is like hey 
I have I have boobs. Do you remember I have I have boobs? Remember yeah. that? Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Awesome. Okay. Cool. That was her that was her uh, relevancy in two thousand, apparently. Yep. Um and like I said, there's I mean Michael Madsen is in this, but his most memorable scene is him pissing all over the place. You're like, oh okay. that man We're, has a healthy uh bladder and yeah, that was uh, some urinary tract. Really I mean, yelling yeah. yellow pee. Yes. Yep. Uh, um Everything about this, you know, like the owl is named OJ. And so you get OJ jokes going throughout this movie. Um, You know, there's a blind man. And of course, you know, he's crippled and this and that. And you're just like, man, no one is safe in this in this movie. Um, Yeah, it's uh, it's it's one of the worst things we've ever seen. Period. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, You know, comedy like good comedy shouldn't look like it takes a lot of work. I mean, we've, we talked about it. if you're, if you have the right script and the right actors, the whole thing will look effortless and organic. <laughs> right. Mm-hmm. Um, and every second of this film looks forced like this, this movie is what happens when you have a terrible screenplay and terrible actors saying the lines from a terrible screenplay. They are clearly, borrowing from 1998's There's Something About Mary and the yes. Fairly Brothers style of comedy. And I think it's interesting when this came out in 2003, the Fairly Brothers had put out uh, Stuck on You with Matt Damon and Greg Kinnear, which is infinitely better. Yeah. It's not, yeah. It's not a classic, but I... No, there aren't many people walking around saying, you know, it's a real funny movie. It's Stuck on You. But, but if you watch it, it's it's okay. It It's not a... F- Offensive. <laughs> Not that um, I remember. Yes. <laughs> yeah. And, and what's crazy about this film is they're, they're borrowing so heavily from there's something about Mary. They even go down to the uh, cast is dancing during the ending credit sequence and it falls completely flat. <laughs> I'll be perfectly honest with you. That last scene hit and I turned it off. I was like, Oh, nope, I, I was looking to see who the owl trainer was because it was impressive. Uh-huh. The owl stuff they did. Uh, what I did for my runtime, cause Tabitha was like, Oh, a romantic comedy. I'll watch it with you. I'm like, awesome. It can't be any worse than the pest. Right. And then you, hit, you got that stopwatch out. You're like, all right, how long until she falls asleep? Click. Well, it, she, <laughs> she didn't fall asleep, but about oh. 10 minutes out, she was just, I'm, she's like, I'm out. I'm not, I'm not doing this. This thing is terrible. So she didn't even she's last. Like, I, don't have to, I don't have to do this. What does that say do when a woman will watch Grease two and the pest, but will not stick around past 10 minutes of this film? It says, it says a lot. Says a lot. It does say a lot. So in my suffering, I'm like, you know what? I'm going to list the things that this movie thinks is funny. Are you, are you ready? So let's go through yeah, this on let's paper. Go. <clears throat> so it, it starts. I hope my knee doesn't hurt after this because I'm probably going to be slapping it. Yeah, and I, I, I could be, I could, uh, I just, I want this to be an auditory warning. If anybody looks at the cover and goes, ooh, R-rated version I didn't see in the, ooh, I got to see that, right? Ooh, Ashton Kutcher, I liked him in that butterfly thing. Let's listen. We're going to read this list of comedic moments in this film from 2003. And even on paper, you're going to go, what the fuck? Okay. And if I miss something, Brad, jump in. So we, we open it with slapstick comedy on the subway, complete mm-hmm. with strategic spills on one's crotch, planting your face in a mom's breast while she takes care of her baby, mm-hmm. a couple of pratfalls, 
and the reveal of a gay porn magazine in your briefcase. So funny. Those yeah, gay people first sure are five funny. minutes, right? Boy, could you imagine? Could you imagine, Troy, two men being in love? Could no, you imagine? Not in 2003. Uh-uh. Oh, no. No. It's taboo. Um, then we go into the office setting, right? And we get Dave Foley getting fired and throwing a tantrum. I mean, that's all mm-hmm. he does. He's, he's one of the funniest uh, things to come out of the kids in the hall. And this is what he, they have him doing. Yeah, right? this is what you're doing, boy. And you're like, okay, that's it's not funny, but... You know, it's not really offensive. Oh, Ooh, tell me about tell me about the coffee, Troy. Yeah. So bad cup of coffee. Well, you get Terrence Stamp calling Molly Shannon retarded for five yes. minutes with every different incarnation of the word retarded fit into every different scenario you can think of. Doesn't that like pierce your ears when you hear that? That this that hard R, you're just like, oh boy. It does. Ooh, my 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 mouth was literally just I, I I it was just open. I'm like, I, I can't believe I'm watching this. I mean and you're like, oh yes, it was two thousand three, but boy. I'm not Ooh. one that gets to, like if somebody slips is like, oh, that's retarded. I, I don't like fly off the deep end, but dude, after five minutes of this, I'm like, okay, I'm not one easily offended, but I think I'm there after this one. But he at like he asked her if she is like, that's the thing. Like, but then he goes on and says he would hire somebody said retarded, yes, said yes, retarded yes. person over her just because she makes a bad cup of coffee. Yeah. There's like a special program where they went to pay them like $4 a day or like something. I'm like, what are we even doing? Yeah, He goes on and on. Okay. Um, that's the joke. Like the jokes like start at offensive and they just keep digging down even further to like, okay, here we go. There had to be a methodology, like after five minutes of <laughs> an offensive joke, then it becomes funny. Like the, I don't know. Yeah. It's the family guy thing. If you keep saying it over and over at some point in time, it'll be funny, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. We get uh, Terrence stamps. Owl is named OJ and Oh, you mean OJ Simpson, the suspected murderer? No. OJ Simpson, the football player. Ha ha. <laughs> ha, ha, ha. Uh, we get Al rectum pill jokes. Yeah. Could, could you imagine stuffing your butthole, Troy, in an Al's butthole? I'm sorry. Yeah, putting a pill in an Al's butt. Yep. Mm. Um, Andy Richter going on about all the the famous housekeepers and cousins. Uh, or the cousins and housekeepers of famous actors and or actresses that he's quote unquote banged. Uh, and I, I thought it was funny since we just talked about her last week. He brings up Michelle Pfeiffer. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Keep your hands off Michelle. That's right. Well, he didn't touch Michelle Pfeiffer. I think he, he did something with her housekeeper or cousin. Or housekeeper. Something. Yes. Yeah. Housekeeper. Okay. Uh, jokes about being Jewish. And I, I think you kind of covered that yep. one. Yep. Yeah. Uh, hitting women with an open hand. That doesn't count as abuse because it was with an open hand. Right. So that's the yep. joke. Right. Yep. Yep. Yeah. Molly Shannon's all upset. And he's like, well, he didn't, he didn't hit you with a closed fist. It was with an open hand. So that means he loves you. <laughs> right. Yep. Could you imagine if your wife didn't make your sandwich, right? Troy open hands. I, I would say I didn't, didn't want a sandwich or <laughs> whatever you want, hun. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Cause I don't want to get the open hand. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, and Al drinking out of a toilet filled with cocaine that Andy Rickner was trying to stuff down there. That was funny. Uh, more OJ jokes. Yeah. Oh, you get OJ gets a lot of play in this movie. Yeah. So there's a, there's a scene 
where Ashton goes, he's loose, you know, the owl, because the owl escapes. Um, he says, OJ's loose, but the three blonde girls walking by don't know that they're talking about the owl, so they run off screaming because they think mm-hmm. he's talking about OJ Simpson, the yep. alleged murderer, right? Yep. OJ Simpson. Um, quote un- Cuban necktie. Yeah, yep. Mm-hmm. We get uh, quote unquote, I can't believe I'm going to say this. <laughs> say it. Colored guy jokes. Oh, they they use the term colored guy in there. Yeah. Uh, yeah, that was the one. I wrote, I was I wrote like, that down. I'm like, did they didn't. I rewound that part. Not rewound. I, yeah, I guess we rewind. Yeah, I, it's not VHS tape. But I went back and I'm like, they they didn't just say that, did they? Yes. Colored, colored guy jokes. A couple of them. D.W. Griffith's Birth of a Nation stood up at that point in time. It was like, <laughs> wait a minute. Come on, guys. Come on. Yeah. Uh, what are we doing? doing oh here's here's it was a 2003 i know i know we were five years from barack obama five and this and that's not even the worst of it we're just getting started okay yep uh mouse in the pants so a mouse got into ashton kutcher's <laughs> pants but the other person uh miss reed at this point thinks he's jerking off because he's trying to get a hold of the mouse while he's holding her panties mm-hmm that was funny. Yep. Uh, wet t-shirt jokes on guys and girls. So Carmen Electra and then yep. uh, is it David Koechner comes out doing the same thing. Yeah. Uh, gay jokes. Lots and lots of gay jokes. We already talked about the gay joke on the subway. We get more gay jokes here. Again, could you imagine two men being in love? I, I mean, cannot. I cannot. Uh, not in 2000. I can now, but not in 2003, right? 2003 was funny today. It's just norm, apparently. Uh, this joke comes up a couple of times. Your boss's ass jokes and putting cream on it. So they're continuously talking about, oh, you worked for your boss for how long? You've never seen his ass. And uh, here's this cream that you put on for red asses. And you didn't know your boss used this cream. So that's there. Okay. Troy. Yeah. What? I've never seen my boss's ass before. Oh, you haven't? No. Is that a thing? <laughs> well, see, what I do is when yeah. I know it's coming up, then I you just get it. I get it. Big I get ass it. And you kiss it. No, you just got to kiss that ass. No, I'm like, oh, has it been two years already? Is three year the mark where I, I'm <laughs> moving to another department? Yeah. I avoid the ceremonial. You got to see your boss's ass. Um, Keenan Thompson shows up as Tara's boyfriend. His name is Hans and he has a retainer. You're supposed to be surprised because you don't expect him to show up being overweight. That's the joke. See that yep. they're thinking it's the other thing, but yeah. they're like, oh, no, you're laughing at me because I'm overweight. No. Yeah. Could you imagine a biracial relationship, Troy? Not in 2003, Brad. 2003 <laughs> was like the 50s. It was very conservative. Uh, These things were so taboo that they were funny. Um, elderly people who are blind and partially deaf. That's played for big laughs. Uh, that scene goes on for way too long. Oh, and you're like, well, what could they possibly do with that? Well, you could tell Ashton Kutcher that being crippled means you don't need Viagra anymore. See, Brad, being crippled means apparently you can't use that part of your anatomy. Mm-hmm. And so that's supposed to be funny, right? Because he doesn't yep. have to buy Viagra. Oh, here we go. Here we go. Carmen Electra comes back. Uh, we're feeling on Carmen Electra's breast. You forgot about head. Do you have uh, head wound Harry on there? Well, head trauma is coming. 
Okay. Okay. You, you see the sorry, head I'm trauma. Tra- I'm yeah. Yeah, yeah. You see the head trauma uh, because she was in an accident, but it, it's not played for laughs yet. It's coming. Okay. It's sorry. coming. All right. Sorry. So we then go back to, and, and this is, I'm doing this in order. These, the jokes, I'm not just randomly. We went to the start of the film. We're now to the point where he has to go next door because he's chasing the owl and he meets a family. And well, because course, the owl can now fly because it's high on cocaine. Yes. Do you say uh-huh. high on cocaine? Is that is that the proper term? You get high on drugs. It's a drug. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Um, now we're feeling on Carmen Electra's breasts and are looking. Have you for ever s- not heard Casey Jones by the Grateful Dead? I don't. I'm not. A, I don't like Casey the Grateful Jones. Dead. Don't oh, like the Grateful Dead. Okay. Sorry. Anyway, um, feeling on Carmen Electra's breasts and looking for signs of breast cancer. Then comparing Carmen Electra's breasts to Molly Shannon because he's feeling them at the same time. Mm-hmm. Molly Shannon's enjoying it. Carmen Electra is waiting for the diagnosis. Then uh, Tara Reed walks in thinking that you're cheating on her. And then that's the funny part, right? Yep. Hey, Troy's not a doctor, but he'll take a look. Yeah. Then we we then proceed Sorry. to the living room. <laughs> my own jokes. Yeah, no, no. But something's got to be funny in this. So. Well, you're you're playing right into this. Yep. <laughs> Then Michael Madsen proceeds to pee all over Ooh. the living room for five minutes. He, he has a pretty healthy uh, prostate, apparently, and down there it's working. Well, you ever which, see one of your favorite like people who is in a movie? Like mm-hmm. Reservoir Dogs yeah. is one of my favorite movies. He's so important in that movie. And then you see him come up, and you're like, ooh, Michael Madsen. And then he starts peeing everywhere, and you're like... Well, he does it in response because Ashton Kutcher pulls a gun on him and then yeah. he pulls his tallywhacker out. Can I say tallywhacker on the internet? <laughs> sure. <laughs> you did. And and says, okay. and says, oh, uh, my gun's bigger than yours or something. Or can you use your gun? I'm going to use my, <clears throat> excuse me. I hit puberty there. Uh, or I'll use my gun over your gun. I forgot how the exchange goes. And then just proceeds to pee for five minutes, like everywhere. Not just on Ashton Kutcher. No, no, no. It's got to be more extreme. So it's the drapes, it's the couch, it's the uh, vases, it's the walls, it's the telephone, it's the plants. It's the fish tank. It's the fish tank. It's every inch within the room. He pees all over it and is laughing. A, how much water or liquid would you have to drink in order to pee that much and cover that much square footage? And we're not talking like a little small New York style apartment living room that fits like uh, I don't know, two chairs. I mean, it's a full on big it's suburban household, suburban yep. household yep. living room. He pees all over it for five minutes while Ashton's on the phone. It's supposed to be funny. Uh, we get a reference to Kegel exercises. Mm-hmm. Yep. Sleeping pills in whiskey when you're not supposed to put the sleeping pills in the whiskey. That's funny. And then supposedly dying of it. Uh, trying to keep somebody who's bleeding from the head sitting in the nice furniture. That's that's about a five-minute skit. So there's your head trauma, girl, because she yep. comes over to apologize and says, yep, you're not supposed to be – you weren't my date. I apologize. My parents were rude about talking about the Viagra, right? Oh, this was great. This was great. Uh, <laughs> truckers trying to rape people. Oh, yes. Yeah. Yes, and he had to have liked you a little bit because he tried to rape you, you know, because, boy – 
Yeah. That's I, funny. That went on like, oh, well, you're, yeah. of course you're a beautiful girl. This is the head trauma girl, right? Mm-hmm. So, yeah, Andy Richter is like, no, you're fantastic. I mean, you had a trucker try to rape you. So, of course, you've, you, you're you a lovely lady. Everybody likes you. Yep. Yeah, someone tried to rape you. Yep. Burying a dead body in the backyard, but he's not actually dead yet. That went on for a little yep. bit. Yeah. Yep. Oh, here's another one. So, if you thought that pulling your tallywhacker out and peeing everywhere was funny. Well, now Ashton Kutcher is going to try it. So he pulls his thing out when a guy has a gun to Tara Reed's head and then says, who's going to use their gun first only to find out that, you know, the other gun was loaded and that's funny, right? Uh, we're in the wasn't funny. It wasn't funny the first time. So it wasn't funny the second time. I know. And that's like the third act climactic thing, right? Is the that, second act, yes. Second act, what, third? I don't know how many acts. Uh, okay. Three act structure, we're, we're getting into the third act now. We're into the third act now? Okay. Drinking yes. floor cleaner and liking it. Uh, eating plant dirt and liking it. Uh, driving in a tiny car with your boss and being chased by an owl on cocaine. And then a mouse shows up on your boss's shoulder and trying to get his attention while you're driving the tiny car being chased by now. Okay. Uh, crotches mm-hmm. getting hit repeatedly. There's a lot. There's of, a lot of nut drama. Yep. Yeah. Yep. A lot of crotch drama here. Uh, car crashing into the home unexpectedly. Um, Hans trying to hang himself out because he's depressed about losing his girl. Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, taking your boss's pants down in front of everybody and then smelling his butt. Wow, but it looks like he's smelling his butt, but he's really looking for the red uh, folliculitis folliculitis on his butt, so he has to get in there, right? Uh, and then you're like, this is terrible. Well, no, now you got to see Andy Richter's butt. He takes his pants off to show that he's the one with the red butt. And is yeah, actually, because his nickname is Red because of yeah. his red ass. Then we get Terrence Stamp hanging outside of a house and gets hit with uh, beer bottles to the face and gutter sludge because that's funny. Mm-hmm. Then he gets uh, hit with, well, he falls down on a tree and there's crotch drama there too, right? Oh, I love this one. Um, <laughs> Asians are intimidated by dot, dot, dot. So insert a bunch of jokes here, right? <laughs> but then end on blacks. Yeah, that yep. went on, right? Uh, Dave Foley gets fired again, so he has a tantrum. <laughs> Then, then you get a burping owl with cocaine flashbacks. They play that up at the end. Uh, people spitting coffee out because Molly Shannon still can't make a good cup of coffee. Oh, this one's great. Um, Keenan's in Thailand. He tries to get on the bus, and the bus driver says, you people need to go to the back of the bus. And uh, Keenan's like, what do you mean, you people? And he says, you're a smoker. Get smokers. Smoker. Go to the back of the bus. That was funny. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, that's, that's kind of how it, oh, and then you get the, uh, dancing, the dancing, which is try to be fun and Terrence stamp dancing in a tree. Cause and singing, which I did not, I did not stay around for the dancing. Yeah, it was it, the song is a song now that anytime I hear, I will probably, uh, start, Oh God, the bare naked lady start we punching so babies. Yeah. If, if I had a million dollars, bare naked ladies, mm, the soundtrack to this movie is also terrible. Yeah. Bad, bad music and fart rock. You you mm-hmm. get that all fart rock yeah yeah fart rock uh, yeah that's that is a list of the comedy 
that occurs for 90 minutes. There you go. Well, you forgot the you forgot the strip tease. The strip where tease? Where she... She does the strip tease, and she's like, "You would have liked it, but you're gay." Well, I, I labeled that under the gay yeah. jokes, yeah, because there's all these gay is... jokes where she thinks he's gay, and he does all these things like, "Oh, you're just like my girlfriend," and uh, yeah, there's a whole ten minute sequence yeah. of them bonding, and the reason why they're bonding is she thinks he's gay, so she's strip teasing, and then she's like, "Oh, look at this," and da da da, and then and then when she's like, "You're not gay," and he's like, "No, I'm not gay," and then she's like, "Oh my god, get out of my room," um, so yeah. Could you imagine Troy being gay? Could you imagine it? Not in 2003, Brad. <laughs> it was it was such a taboo back then. Uh, um, yeah, that's so no laughs, right? Zero laughs. <sighs> no, none. I, I just, yeah. dude, what does it take when you got to sit down and go? I'm writing that down. Like I'm not <laughs> laughing, but I'm going to take time to write this down because I can't believe I just witnessed or heard that. It is funny, right? Because we didn't talk about our viewing experience. We just said afterwards, like, I think I'm done after this one. Let's call it a day. Oh, I told uh, you I quit. Yep. I officially but turned I, in I my resignation. Out, I did the exact same thing. I was like, I think this movie's going to suck. And after the gay joke, I was like at the very beginning with the magazine, I'm like, I'm going to start writing things down. And I had like the exact same idea. I was like, we're just going to write this stuff down and have it. And then I like looked at my notes and I'm like, if someone looks at this piece of paper out of context, they're going to think I am really messed up. So I had to, I'm going to make sure I shred that piece of paper after we get done recording. Yeah. I'm just wondering who the fuck sat down and looked at the screenplay because in essence, you're looking at all of these jokes in written format and somebody said, this stuff's funny. And I'm sure Ashton Kutcher, Tara Reed, all of them looked at this goes, Oh, I, I can sell this. This is funny. I, I mean, oh, I, I got to ask you like what, what was what comedic bit was the most offensive to you? Do you have one that just stuck out? I mean, I think I all of it was bad. Was there anything that just slapped you in the face and you're like, it's, it's I mean, saying something, saying the word colored in 2003 was shocking. That like, was that was the one that I was like, shocking. I can't believe this one. I was almost like are we going to say the N word at some point in time? Cause like, that's not that far off. Like if that is it, I might turn it off. Like that was the point where I was like, it is 2003. We cannot do this. Like, no, no, no. Yeah. And then like the guy goes on, he's like, yeah, I don't have a job. And you're like, of course you don't because you're the black guy. And it's like, what are we even doing? Like, mm-hmm. Mm-mm. Yeah. nope. That I, nope. that was that was the one. I mean, when you go through like, all of these other things, I was like, I I can't, I can't believe I can't believe I heard that. Are you kidding me? Like the the stuff in the bedroom with him, like being gay, like that was such a trope. You know, like oh, you know, I would date you, but you're gay, and like that was such a thing in '90s cinema, and it bled over to the 2000s. But the thing with the the black guy was like. I I, I cannot see where anyone would think that's funny. And that's where the meanness comes in. It's like, you can't say that. You cannot say that. No, I, I, I'm with you hundred percent. I was, I was trying to think about like, what was the most offensive thing? I immediately went to that phrase. Mm-hmm. And then what was the most unfunny part of the film? Meaning the joke that they went after repeatedly and it wasn't funny the first time, but by the by the time they're, they're really into the joke, you're like, 
this single-handedly is the most unfunny thing I've ever seen. The OJ stuff is not funny at all. Like, and I wrote down, I'd say, I think they said the word OJ in this movie like 37 times. Do you think it was funny in 2003? No. OJ Simpson was 1996. That was seven years too late. Okay. So they were still, all right. Okay. Uh, yeah, I don't, I don't know. This, this is a hard one. I am probably going to have to do the, the yelling at Molly Shannon because she's, she's retarded for five minutes. Yeah, that, oh, that's early too. Oh yeah, boy. Because the that's OJ right. thing, it's like, oh, okay, it's topical. Everybody was making OJ jokes at that time. Right. Or not in 2003, maybe eight years prior. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. I, I get that. It's a movie. that's trying to, you know, bring on some topical situation, maybe hit the news again, early two thousands. I, I don't remember, but, but that one, normal, Norm McDonald was on SNL 12 years before this, making fun of OJ Simpson. <laughs> this was way too late, okay. well, way too late. Uh, but yeah, the, the, that whole sequence with him, just belittling, just going after Molly Shannon, belittling her, I'm like, okay, it you you threw it out there and you're gonna keep going with this and you're gonna keep going and you haven't stopped yet. And at that point, I'm like, it is not just unfunny, now it's uncomfortable. And yeah. it, it well just then they isn't. sprinkle in that joke about midgets, and again, we're quoting the movie midgets, and like <sighs> you can place your drink on their head and you're like <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. Okay. okay. Was that the, was that the subway? Was that in the subway? I think so. I think that was the like subway that. in the yeah. beginning. Yeah. The, I wrote it down like it happens in the first 10 minutes because there's a lot that happens in the first 10 minutes. You're like, I don't know if I can watch the other 80 minutes of this movie. Well, so here's here is the toughest question I'm going to ask you of the entire. So so most of the time we are breaking things down and talking about like the cinematography, the editing, the screenplay, you know, the direction, even the music. All non-existent. Yeah. But one of the things I, I think we're we're actually pretty good, like I pat ourselves on the back when you go back and listen to older episodes, I, I think we do a pretty good job of articulating why a performance is good or doesn't work in films. And, and we can kind of relate to some, uh, you know, I don't know, good anecdotes that we saw in that runtime. Uh-huh. Now, there is not one good performance in here. Can we agree on that? Oh, gosh, no, no. Outside of maybe the owl. I don't know what the owl's name was, and and maybe if you had to pick, like, what is the best performance, then uh, Anna's owl that she trained for this film probably did the best because it okay. looked majestic flying in the background. Okay. So then the question comes up, who, and this is a tough one, who is the worst actor or actress in the film? And why? I mean, I think Ashton Kutcher is so bad in this movie. But then, like, Tara Reid comes in, and she's so, like, aloof, and why Why would she like this guy? Like, you, you have to think, like, all right, I'm a female, and I look like Tara Reid in 2003, and this guy looks like he's jerking off to my paintings. Yeah, yeah. Um, watch me do a striptease and let me do it because... Yeah. Which is the most I, unsexy striptease ever, probably yeah, in film. Yes. Yeah, it was yes. terrible. Um, and nothing is going. I, I just I can't see why he would, why she would be into him. I don't. Know, they're both so bad. They are so so bad. Like it's it's hard to articulate 
how bad they are because I've never seen two people have less chemistry. It is, it's, it's so hard to watch them together. Cause you're like these two people, I think they hate each other. I really do. I think they hate each other. Uh, I'm going to go with Dave Foley. Okay. So here's why <laughs> Tar Reed and, and Ashton Kutcher are terrible in this film, but they are trying to go through this archetype. So they understand the motivation. If there is one of their character, Ashton Kutcher wants to get laid, right? And he also wants a promotion and he wants a promotion creative, but he wants to be the nice guy in getting those things. Right. Mm -hmm. So he does that through the entire film. Now he doesn't do it very well and he's actually quite boring. Like, Oh, look at the crazy stuff. What am I supposed to do? That's his reaction. Like his reaction is like, if a computer wrote this, it'd be one zero one 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 zero one one. That's his reaction. And Tara Reed is just, Oh, I'm supposed to, play the object of everybody's desire, kind of ditzy, but I'm really looking for an honest guy. I mean, she does that in all of these things. There, yep. There's no difference between this and Van Wilder. So she's playing specific to, I think, again, say what you will about her. She knows what they're marketing when it comes to her and she's playing right into it. One could say she's not good at that. However, with 96 movie credits and 26 I, I would I would say that yes. Yeah, she's she's obviously doing something right for a particular population. Dave Foley is in the background on on the subway or getting fired or towards the end of the film. He doesn't have a lot of screen time. But when he does have screen time, he looks angry, he looks confused. I don't even think he knows what movie he's in. And every time he delivers a line, it is the most unfunny just nails on chalkboard from a, from a comedian that yeah, he genuinely is, comedian. Yes. is so good, but he looks so angry to be in this thing and looks upset at everything he does. But then at the same time, I don't think he knows what he's doing. Like, I, yeah. I, I feel like he just showed up on set and he's like, what movie am I in? Like he got the script <laughs> that morning and here's your Remind page. Remind me to fire my agent after this. That okay, there you go. That is the look that he has on every second he's in the film. And he's maybe in the film five minutes, but how bad do you have to be within five minutes to go, well, he really sticks out. Even when he's just in the background, he sticks out with this stupid little bow tie. Oh, God. And yes. that anger and that I'm going to fire my agent just permeates that scene. Whereas with Tara Reed and, and Ashton Kutcher, they're they're just not good. But I don't think they have the level of intensity of hate and disdain for what's going on that I think Dave Foley has. At least yeah, that's my I get vote. it. I get it. So <clears throat> I was so bored during this movie. Obviously, I was like, okay, I'm going to try to figure out the ending of this movie because something bigger has to be going on, right? Like there, all this stuff just doesn't randomly happen. There has to be some sort of play going on, right? So I'm like, okay. So the boss really wants this guy to get this promotion. So he's going to do all this stuff to him to, you know, see if he can stay who true to who, to who he is and be honest about it, help all these people, you know, cause he's trying to help and do all this stuff. And at the very end, he's going to come in and say, Hey, you know, we were putting you to the test of, you know, this, this whole big charade that we were putting on because I wanted to test you to see if you were going to be, Right for the creative for or head of creative. That would have been a better movie. No, all this stuff just randomly happens to him. Yeah. Well, the, the big payoff at the end is he's supposed to come up with ideas for 
uh, a book to be the creative director. And yep. is it the David Ketcher? Techner. Kechner, Kechner, yeah. character yeah. writes stuff down about, oh, JFK was assassinated by blah, blah, blah. Yeah. Oh, we've got the JFK jokes. Yeah. This has- So basically, he basically creates QAnon in this movie. So yeah, yay. Yeah, there you go. That was funny. Um, yeah. But that's how he got the job is because the other guy wrote down the ideas and, and Molly Shannon got a coffee shop. Yeah. Yeah. I have a question. Since we both work in the, uh, I don't know, a professional office type environment, we, we work in the corporate world. Mm-hmm. Yes. How accurate is the Terrence stamp character for a business owner, CEO, maybe a narcissistic, um, you know, C-suite? Uh, you, you know what I mean by that? The C-suite, yeah. right? Yeah. yeah. How close do you think Terrence stamps um, n- narcissistic personality I've, I've never seen anything close to this. Uh, I've worked with some pretty narcissistic people before, but never to this sort of degree. I don't know. Have you worked with people like this? Uh, I can't say to this degree. Okay. But I'll say Terrence stamp does nail. If, if I'm going to give a compliment to one actor, Terrence stamp does do a good job of the first, I don't know, 90% of the film just totally oblivious to everybody around him in terms of their opinion, their views. So yeah, I have, I have worked with um, some C people that are at that level and you're sitting there going, I know you asked me a question, but whatever comes out of my mouth, I know you're not listening because you're just thinking about the next thing that you want to say. Yep. And I think Terrence stamp does that. It's just the comedy is supposed to take his character and go to the far extreme yeah, like horrible bosses does it better, yes. right? Like, yeah. we'll bring up Kevin Spacey because why not? Because we've offended enough people. So, like, <laughs> Kevin Spacey plays that role much better, and that, like, you can you can see that guy, like he yeah. twists people around and all that. Like, that's a much better portrayal of that boss character. Um, so, I guess but, if we had to be nice, the Terrence Stamp gets it. Kind of right. But what I, yeah. what I, so I don't know if you, if you have any, uh, like a list of tropes that just annoy you. So like one yes. of the things that annoys me in films or TV today is the obligatory, here's your cup of coffee and they're drinking out of it and you go, well, that, that shit's empty. Like there's yeah. no weight to yeah. it. You can see it and they're throwing this cup around. You go, well, there's no coffee in there. And then you act like you're taking a sip. You're not even gold. I mean, that, that will take me out of a film like crazy. Another trope I hate is Arnold Schwarzenegger traveling through time. Totally fine. Oh, I'm you okay with that, that cup. And there's no, there's I believe no that, in there. but that yeah. coffee, that empty coffee cup that you're trying to act the shit out of, like you're drinking it. I'm out, man. Yep. Um, another trope that I hate, and maybe it's just because of working in the corporate world is the narcissistic boss who, after you stood up to him and you're like, well, this is what I really think of you. And they go, Oh, you know what? I, I was waiting the last 40 years for somebody to stand up to me and, and tell me, you know, what yeah. I'm wrong about, et cetera. I'm going to give you a promotion. Yeah. That shit that's just never not, happens. That's just not who I am as a person. Like, yeah. 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 It's like that, that shit never happens. Um, and in fact, one of two things are going to happen. Uh, if that person is really that bad, they're going to leave even before you get a chance. If anybody in that company gets a chance to tell them anything because they're, they know what they're doing and they're like, Oh, my time's out here. I'm going to go over to this company and fuck it up. Um, or, if you were to actually grow a set and go, Hey, 
in the most polite manner, I, I think you're wrong about this to be like, awesome. See you later. Mm-hmm. Em- unemployment lines that way. So that always takes me out of these films because it's like, <laughs> no, that's not how the business world actually works. <laughs> Sadly, it doesn't. Yes, it isn't. Yes. But that's, that's one of those tropes in these, in these movies. I'm just like, <laughs> man, that takes me out of it. Cause I'm like that, that just doesn't happen. That, and that Management, damn, why would you need them anyway, Troy? <laughs> yeah. That, and that damn cup of coffee always gets on my mind. Uh, what else, Brad? I'm I so Troy. Yeah. I, I, I looked on and I don't know why I did this. Please tell me you didn't put a lot of research review, into this review Mecca of the world. Um, that would be the one, the only Amazon reviews. Oh, well, these are always good. <clears throat> and so one of the reviews I found, it was, it gave this movie five stars, but pardon five stars. Um, this out person of, out of a hundred. No, out of, out of five. Um, but just listen, Okay, this is, this is one of the best reviews I've ever. Okay. Remember this person rated this film five stars out of five. Okay. Five stars out of five. This movie was horrible. There was no laughter coming from me for the entire 101 minutes. I huh? watched this film, which it's the longest cut is 90. Um, for a movie that is supposed to be absolutely hilarious in quotes, I would say that that is pretty bad. I'm, I'm reading this verbatim. Okay. The back of the DVD, the back of the DVD says you will laugh your ass off. The only thing my ass was doing was developing a cramp from sitting on it for so long. So long. Okay. okay. Uh, please do not waste your money or time with this one. <laughs> this last Dot, dot, dot. Use it for something with cinematic quality, such as Mystic River. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> uh, uh, yeah. So okay. five stars out of five, but she said it was horrible. Oh. Oh, and this other one. Oh, boy. From Amazon customer. The title of the review is five stars. Right, five. <laughs> yeah. Okay. But they, the subject line of the review is five stars. Okay. Great job as always, comma, comma. Thank you, comma, comma. Is white instead of red, like my other one. The case is, comma. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, jeez, Christmas. Yep. Those are the type of people reviewing my boss's daughter on Amazon. Giving it five stars, huh? And giving it five stars. But, Troy. Yeah. They're not the only ones reviewing this film. Are you aware of a website called movieguide.org? Is it like a TV guide? No. Okay. So it is uh, a Christian website <gasps> no. that re- that reviews films uh, for their appropriateness uh-huh. uh, for their little Christian boys and girls. Oh, this this is a gold mine right here. I can't, uh-huh. Did they review okay. this movie? They reviewed this movie. I feel like we need to, any movie we talk about, we need to go to this website and yep. uh, pull the review now. Okay. Okay. Um, <clears throat> yeah. So the synopsis of content that gives you the old breakdown of what's in this movie. Okay. <laughs> this first sentence is, uh, might be my favorite sentence of all time. Totally pagan worldview with protagonist character arc moving from sweet, servant hearted and vulnerable albeit a bit dormatish to an i'll get what i want and take what i want mentality coupled with some homosexuality and politically correct elements 
politically correct and politically correct elements. I don't know if I put sexuality and politically correct elements right by each other. Um, deplorable language with about 42 obscenities. Oh my gosh. And about 16 profanities. Ooh, clutching my pearls. Um, <clears throat> what's the difference between an obscenity and a profanity? Well, wouldn't, isn't, wow, that's a good one. Is profanity okay. language and then obscenity is like something that you see yeah, that's obscene? Maybe. Okay. Violence includes shooting with guns. Man hits in head with shovel. An attempt to attempt at burying man alive. Loud redneck fighting with man hitting woman. And many, many <laughs> scatological gags involving three men, three guys urinating on things and people in a bloody bandaged head leaking and oozing on everything, vomiting, burping, etc. Sex includes glimpse of of the cover of a gay man's magazine that shows two shirtless men it embracing. Did. It did. Oh, yeah. They had to they put were, embracing, too. They we're like, embracing. Okay. Yeah, okay. Girl doing striptease act for boyfriend, but mercifully stopping at the glimpse of a bra. Mercif- and, mercifully? Yeah, so... Is that saying the movie mercifully it stops before you see anything other than a bra and panty level? What, oh, I, I thought it was like okay. mercifully, so we don't see Tara Reed naked. Yeah, I think <laughs> okay. both. Okay. Both right, things right. are because right. I'm thankful feeling, we didn't see her naked. <laughs> protagonist feeling the breasts of two women yeah. to check for breast cancer. Woman fondling her own breasts in wet t-shirt. Man fondling his nipples in wet t-shirt, meant for laughs. Daisy Duke short shorts. And several homosexual references, several depictions of drinking and drunkenness, depictions of drug, drug deals, lying, poisoning, stealing, and disrespect to authority, Troy. This movie gets a negative four on content with intentional blasphemy, evil, gross, immortality, and or worldview problems. This is rated to be avoided. Huh. By movie guide. You know what? I agree (laughs) with. I agree with all that. Yep. That is an accurate review. Oh boy. The scoring yep. is perfect. I 100% agree with that entire score. The pagan pagan worldview might be my favorite thing of all time. Yeah, but I I mean negative 4. Yes, I agree. Save that website. We're, oh. Yeah. Trust me. Okay. Trust good. me. Wow. Yeah. So that's what I got for you. Pagan worldview on this one. Well, Hey, usually I'm okay with the pagan worldview. Not this time, man. <laughs> I get it. I get it, man. Um, yeah. So that's all I got for you. All right. Well, is it time for the question then? I don't know what else to say about this thing. <laughs> Come on, <laughs> dude. This, this thing is a total bomb. Yeah. Don't even waste our time. It's uh, This is the equivalent of being stuck at a Golden Corral bathroom that hasn't been cleaned in two months. And actually, that scenario is probably better because you wouldn't have to watch um, Ashton or Tara act or, or, or Dave Foley, for that matter, because I think Dave Foley is the worst thing in this thing. But... Yeah, I can I can think for some of, reason every time you say Dave Foley, I think of Mick Foley, and I think of Mankind, and I'm thinking about wrestling, and I'm like, no, oh, no, wrestling's no, no. better than this. Kids and all. Which I would love I to I would love to talk about Brain Candy someday. Like that that's a fantastic yes. film. Yes. Uh and and truly we could have a good conversation about Dave Foley because he's super talented, but not not this piece of crap. Yeah, not in this one. Okay. Hey, uh let's let's lighten the mood up a little bit, change direction. We uh, had a couple of interesting emails 
that came through. First of all, I want to thank everybody who sent us messages. First of all, I had no idea that we had so many fans out there that loved Grease 2. It was crazy. Grease 2 gave us like the most interaction of any movie we've done, and it downloaded like insanely well for us. I, like to the point where I was like, I think our metrics are broken. I thought something was wrong, uh, but the messaging, I mean, just all these little messages here and there, like Grease 2 is fantastic. Um, like it better than the first one. We got that like a hundred times. I'm like, we had so many, wrong? and this, I was, I was sharing with Tabitha, the amount of people that reached out and said that they had so much fun, uh, listening to Tabitha and Sammy. Um, we have to have both of them on. We have to do another episode with those two because, overwhelmingly everybody had said they, they had fun listening to the four of us, but specifically Tabitha and Sammy. And my, my favorite one comes from, um, Alex who basically said that he was working out while he was listening to the show and almost fell off the treadmill laughing. So he had to uh, stop listening to the podcast for a later time, uh, because he was getting so much enjoyment out of it. So Alex, if you don't want to laugh while you're working out, watch my boss's daughter. (laughs) No, don't. Especially not in public. Yeah. But yeah, there, there were a couple of uh, emails we did want to highlight. One of them has to do with Grease 2, and it is from Lori. So she says, listen to your Grease 2 podcast. And one of you mentioned wanting to see an actual stage production of Grease 2. That was Sammy. Sammy. Yep. Sammy. Because I, I ain't saying that shit. <laughs> yeah. Well, and I would be the first to say I would love to go watch a stage production of this with Tabitha and Sammy because I, I think it would be fun to watch them watch this. Uh, but Lori says one was done called cool rider in the UK a few years ago, and you can, uh, see this at coolriderlive.com. So she sent us a clip. You can find a clip on YouTube of the encore or the sort of final, uh, song that was done. And we posted it on our Facebook page. She also goes on to say also a little grease to behind the scenes. You mentioned also that Michael wasn't at the luau. If you look close at the luau scene at the part, it goes from night to day. You can see Michael by the pool eating cotton candy in the lower right side. So Brad, here's the question I had for you. There's a little bit more to this email, but you mentioned that within the track scene, you saw some person's junk. Testicles, yeah. 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 Why didn't you see Michael in the luau scene if you saw some dude's junk? Because I'm always looking for, for dick in my movies, Troy. Okay. Uh, Lori also says, you mentioned someone having a car accident during filming. That was the actress that played Dolores, Pam Seagal. Okay. I, I remember doing that research and I, I couldn't, you know, spew it out correctly. So thank you for the correction. Yeah. So, and, and Lori says, yes, she's a major Grease 2 fan. Lori, thank you for that email. That was awesome. Thank you for sending that link. I, I did enjoy watching that uh, just to see what a live stage production would be like. It was pretty interesting. Tabitha enjoyed it. I still can't get her to watch the Bollywood version. Um, but yeah, thank you for everybody who reached out about Grease 2. We, we really had a lot of fun um, hearing your comments. Um, there, there were enough people who hated Grease 2 as well that are in the Brad and Troy camp. So thank yeah, you. Yeah, but... We were, but overwhelmingly, everybody it loves Greece too. So shockingly, and that's how cool. many people. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Hey, like what you like. Yeah. All now, right. Yeah. You want to read oh, the other one? Yeah. This comes in from Leroy. He says, "Hey, Brad. Oh, sorry. Hey, Troy and Brad. Simply put, I would like to recommend the 1998 
failed carrot top vehicle chairman of the board. Thanks. <sighs> I uh, I didn't even know this thing existed. Has it spelled B O R E D? Yes. So <laughs> when I started researching this, I found that Norm McDonald clip with uh, him on what was it, Conan O'Brien? Conan, yeah, it was yeah. With Conan and uh, Courtney Thorne Smith. Mm-hmm. So apparently, one of the funniest things in the entire world. It was very funny, but uh, Brad, I I went out and bought the DVD version of Chairman of the Board, the two pack. Who's what's it come with? Oh yeah, I didn't even know there's two. So this is what may, this is why I love doing this show. If anything, we get listeners who come in to recommend films like this. I never even heard of it, and as soon as I'm like, wait, you've never heard of Chairman of the Board? I've never heard of Chairman of the Board. What? I didn't put two and two together with the Norm McDonald oh. bit. Okay. Uh, but then when I went to IMDb and I'm like, wait a minute, Carrot Top is in a, a, a corporate comedy movie. I, I've got to yeah. see this thing, right? So the version I found says the to do to two corporate assholes. Yeah. Yep. Okay. Yep. <laughs> yeah. Sure. Okay. Because this is probably accurate. Yeah. But it came as a uh, a pack of films. The other film with it, never heard of this thing. Comic book villains. Starring Donald Logue, Michael Rappaport, DJ Qualls, and Carrie Elwes. I had never heard of that either. We were like, I think we have to do that movie too. <laughs> yeah, talk about a gold mine, sir. I say we do both of these films at some point since it comes as a two-pack. Yeah, we'll do Chairman of the Board for sure. Um, and then, yeah, Comic Book Villains, is that the the other I, one? It says, to, I, yeah, I'll read, I'll read you this one. To some, comic books are a hobby but for Raymond and Norman, they are a way of life. Both men own comic book stores in the same sleepy town, and both are after the hottest ticket in town, a rare collection of old comic books, potentially worth millions to the right dealer. So Ooh, I guess, I guess it's nerds. warring yeah. nerds um, going after a comic book collection. This sounds fantastic. On top of an all-star cast that rides the wave of success with comedian Carrot Top. Yeah. Yeah. This, is, this sounds like a perfect movie night. I don't know about you. Yeah, sure. Sure. Man, remember Carrot Top was a thing. Uh, what who's the other dude? The Australian the did the young young Einstein? Was that another redheaded comedian? You know who I'm talking about? Uh, no. He did a couple of films. I always got him and Carrot Top, I think, uh mixed up, but I just remember he did uh Young Einstein. Was he fr- was he uh Freddy Got Faint? No, uh Yahoo Serious. It it's Yahoo Serious. Okay. Was he was Yahoo Serious and Drop Dead Fred? No, Yahoo Serious oh. was uh and he and he I think he was from Australia. He directed that film too. But yeah, he um yeah, for for a uh, New York second he was kind of popular doing a bunch of stuff. Uh, but I remember, I remember young Einstein, like that was a big deal. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yep. 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 Okay. Um, what do we got coming up? Okay. So we are done with spousal picks. Oh, Thank I have a, God. I have a quick question of the spousal okay. picks. How would you rank them? Oh God. Okay. So it goes, we, we did the pest. We did cats. We did grease too. And we ended on uh, this garbage, my boss's daughter. Okay. So what would be one, two, three, and four? So I, I have to watch it again. Is that like, or just what was my. Yeah. But just based on your first time watches, if you had to rank these in what order. <sighs> Grease two. As one. Yeah. Okay. Cats. As two. And then there's a fucking cliff. 
<laughs> and then it goes, I don't know, man. Probably my boss's daughter. Then the pest. I, I you could literally interchange them. It's a it's an interchange. Like it's a coin flip on those, man. But it really goes like Grease Two and Cats are like in a whole other league. Neither are good. Um, and then the other two. So yeah, I agree. Yeah. I'd I'd work it a little different. Cats, I actually said wasn't a bomb because of it. It's just so unique. I put that one, then Grease Two. I would actually put the pest as third uh over my boss's daughter. The pest wow. is is very close to being just as annoying as the boss's daughter, but I don't for some reason I don't think it's as mean as the boss's daughter. So that's that's the differentiator for me. Yeah. I I I, I, w- I would agree with you there. Uh, I mean the pest is still kind of Yeah, the pest is the pest. So it's yeah. we're not saying go out and watch it at all. No. But I've had to rank him. If I had to watch one again, it would be cats. Yeah. Like I would watch cats again with people to yes. be like, see, see. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, watch this. Uh, um, yeah. We, we had somebody reach out to um, that had, had liked the cats episode and went and watched it and had the same experience. So uh, Lindsay, a listener. So. Okay. Thank you for Good sharing deal. that Lindsay. Um, okay. So we're out of this debacle of letting the wives program. We're back to normal, right? We are back to we are back to the list. We're back to our um, list, like the the good stuff. Yeah. All yeah. right. And so how how are we next up? How are we washing? Next, you know, all this office. Yeah. Yeah. But yes, <laughs> it's definitely a power watch situation. I've got a. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so we are going to have a guest on for next week. We are on his podcast, but uh, we are going to watch. Which this is your pick? Do you want to say it's your pick? Oh, it was. So yeah. Um, how many months ago was that? We got an invite and we did a podcast with our, our good friend, um, James James. over at the iron sequel, which is a fantastic podcast. So what he specializes, the only films that he talks about are sequels and it's it's not just a clever name. Yeah. yeah. So it's a great podcast. Um, and we went on his show to talk about, um, a movie that we were going to do for this show we thought it was perfect for over there. And we did the Chronicles of Riddick, right? So the film that we thought about doing, but James had already talked about on his show. And I really wanted to talk about this movie with James because he's covered it before and it's a great episode, but he agreed to come on our show and talk about it again. And we are going to talk about the Predator franchise and specifically Predator 2 with Danny Glover. I cannot wait. I can't either. Predator is one of my favorite action sci-fi, just one of my favorite movies in general. It's a perfect um, film. Time. The first Predator is a perfect film, right? I, I agree. Yes, yeah. it is a perfect film. Start to finish. Boom. The second one, we'll get into it. But yeah, it's uh, yeah, the concrete jungle, Troy. That's right. So we're, we're bringing a little international flavor to the show. Uh, yeah, there's going to be a lot of U's in this episode. <laughs> a lot of extra U's. Yeah, That's a so terrible we, joke. We had to uh, move our, our recording schedule around to accommodate because they're on a very different time schedule than us. But I'm so excited to have James on the show. We had so much fun talking about Chronicles of Riddick. Know, we, this is like months in the making. We've, we've <sighs> wanted him to come on. We've had to move it and all this stuff. But we are doing it finally. Recording at the end of the month. It will be the first episode in March. So I cannot wait. Yeah, it's going to be super fun. 
And yeah, we got a lot of cool stuff lined up after that. Um, getting back to our list and like a lot of the stuff people have been recommending and, and suggesting. So um, if you're want to hear something um, we're, we've have gotten some that are just like, boy, I don't know if I can think about doing that movie right now uh, coming out of spousal picks, but uh, we'll get around to you, uh, your suggestions. But if you want to leave a suggestion or a comment, um, that's not a bomb pod at gmail.com. Also on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook, go to notabombpodcast.com and hit the contact us button. You can leave a question there. Um, you can check out our whole back catalog. Troy and I have done what 89 episodes now, and yeah. we have a spinoff episode or a spinoff show where we do Cowboy Bebop. You can listen to that stuff too. We're getting close to the very end of that, Troy. I can't wait to talk the end of that show because boy. Boy, yeah, I don't want to spoil it, but yeah, I'm pretty excited. No, you're you're absolutely right. I, I was just kind of pulling up the list and the stuff that we have coming between now and even May. There are a lot of listener recommendations in there. I'm I'm kind of surprised. So they were on our list originally, and um, we got some special plan for episode 100 that we're still trying to work out. But yeah, as Brad said, if if there's a particular movie bomb that you want us to cover, reach out. We are more than happy to move stuff around and get it on there because some of the recommendations we got, I mean, the two that are coming up here real soon, uh, Scanner Darkly and Spartan uh, came from listeners and and I'm super excited about talking about those, but uh, we've, we've had a few that have come our way and I think uh, we got some good programming coming up um, all the way through the summer, actually. Absolutely. Uh, true Romance, Troy, that was written by... Whom was that? Uh, Tony Scott? Did he do that? Hey, you shut your mouth. <laughs> <laughs> Written by Tarantino. I finally get to talk about Quentin Tarantino on this podcast. I'm so excited. Yeah, that's yeah. that's coming up after Predator Two. So there, there's a little sample if you're if you want to study ahead, go watch Predator Two. Go watch True Romance. Those are the next two that are coming up. Watch um, Predator in preparation of Predator Two. Yes, absolutely. Predator is a perfect movie. I I agree. Uh. What else, Brad? I think that's, oh, hey, just a couple of shout outs. Go and listen to The Gentleman's Guide to Midnight Cinema. This week, they just covered Deep Cover with Jeff Goldblum and Lawrence Fishburne. That is an amazing film. And Amazing uh, film. Yeah, yep. their episode's a lot of fun. VHS File Podcast. Go, uh, they just did a romance, like for February, just talking about yeah, their favorite some, romance. Yeah, it's a weird, weird takes on that one. Um yeah, yeah. Who, who the yeah. heck thinks that the Princess Bride is better than Scott Pilgrim versus the world? That's crazy. Yeah, come on. Come on. Yeah, that's just crazy talk. Um, the Backlook Cinema podcast just shared um, a quick little review on Uncharted that just came out. Oh, yeah. And you saw Uncharted. You didn't hate it. No, I was. I So Uncharted 2 is my favorite video game of all time. I went into this thinking I'm not going to like it at all. And came out going, I would really like to see that again. I had a blast with that film. It's really good. It made a lot of money. Um, and I jokingly said, hey, at some point in time, we'll be talking about Uncharted um, on our Twitter. And I mean, critically, it didn't do great. So we could still do it on this one. But yeah, it's uh, it's crazy. Like Tom Holland might be one of the biggest bankable stars right now. This and No Way Home. It's uh, yeah, kind of crazy to see you know him being pretty much like a superstar right now. Hey, he, I, I will sit here and tell you right now, I was not sold on him playing Nathan Drake and, uh, he nailed it. He's so good in it. So 
Uh, what else? Oh, uh, Night of the Living Podcast. They're going strong. Go check them out. The Mixtape um, Podcast. So we've gotten some feedback from uh, those gentlemen. They're fantastic. I'm trying to think. There, I think there's another one, and I just off the top of my head, I can't remember it. I should write this stuff down. You should. I'm just yeah. going off of my head of the stuff that I listen through the week because hey, of all man, these podcasts. Your brain is your brain is rotted from my boss's daughter. I, I will forgive you this this one time. Okay, much appreciated. All right. Well, you know what? Let's get out of here because uh, I'm really done talking about this film. <laughs> Uh, I don't know. So, so offensive. <laughs> it is terrible. My God. Is it, well, one, one last question before we go. Is it the worst film now that we've talked about? Is it better than Ishtar? Cause that's, that's our low bar, right? Ishtar is our worst. I thought the pest set the new low. Oh bar. yeah. The pet. Yeah. Mm, I, I don't know, man. Yeah. It is, it's one or the other. Like you, They're like I said, yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. I agree. Well, uh, I don't know if you're listening in the morning, the afternoon, or evening. Thank you for hanging out with us and listening us to ramble about my boss's daughter. Hey, we're back on schedule next week. We're going to talk about a cool movie, Predator 2. So go watch that and come back and listen. We'll see you then. Don't lose your head.